Welcome to the Happy Business Show featuring Therese Skelly of HappyInBusiness.com. Listen in as we pull back the curtain and share real-world stories of successful business owners just like you. You'll love the truth, honesty, and inspiration revealed in each episode. And now, Therese Skelly. Hey, this is Therese Skelly, and this is another episode of the Happy Business Show. I love these podcasts because... Either I'm interviewing really cool people who share their journeys on this road to entrepreneurial freedom, or I'm sharing my own wisdom. And I love, love, love to, um, well, actually, I love to hear from my, my listeners. And this was actually a request from one of my listeners who said, hey, can you talk about the tendency to, like, how to not deal and not get trapped in the bright, shiny object syndrome? So, oh, yeah, 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 I've got some ideas. And, you know, most of my ideas, you're going to know, they're not, um, they might be like other, every other, <laughs> they might not sound like other people. So this episode is called The Dance of Focus. You know, I come from things in a very different perspective. I look at the inner game. I look at mindset. I look at um, energy and heart and feminine energy and transformation, not always the logical, linear, left brain system. I'll tell you a little bit of how this came about for me. So years ago, I was working in another coach's coaching company, and my partner, uh, her name was Chandra Skull. She was she was a fellow coach with me back in the day, and she is one of the most talented, brilliant. Oh my gosh! Like Sean's brain, I I just I just I just would marvel at how she was, and the part of the marveling is because she had a completely different skill set than I did. And so this one time we were teaching our our clients, and Sean did a presentation on focus and time management. And at the time, Sean's children were really small, and she was committed to only working from like 10 to 3 or something like that because her priority was her her son and daughter. So she mapped out like, okay, I only have about 16 to 20 hours a week, and if I'm going to do marketing, I need to do that probably 40% of my work week. And so she actually had it mapped out. Well, if it's 16 hours a week, 40% is boom, boom, boom. And so she built this schedule around that level of precision. I'm on the call thinking, oh, my gosh, that's exquisite. Like, that makes so much sense. That's just beautiful. I love that somebody could be that focused and that just crystal clear. And so I sat down and I tried to do it for about a week. By the end of the week, I was ready just like to shoot people because <laughs> it was like, oh, good Lord, my brain does not work that way. So what worked for Sean to give her the, the beautiful freedom in the structure for me felt very constricting. So I then started teaching. So while Sean was teaching the, like, the, here's how you do planning, I started talking about right brain planning in the left brain world, right? I, I taught a whole other class for the creatives and the folks that uh, do not like that, you know, every morning at 9 a.m. and do this. And my newsletter goes out Tuesdays at 3 o'clock. Like for people whose brain doesn't isn't wired that way, there's kind of a lot of shaming. There really is. And so I want to share with you today what I know about how to stay focused. Because it's really a dance, right? It's really, really, really a dance. Now, I will say... It's very seductive, as in everything in life, to say, can I just have a system? Like, will somebody tell me how to do it? You know, I think we have Franklin Covey, we have all the time planners, we have, you know, the timers, we have all this stuff. And there's a part of us that just wants to abdicate our time, our lives, our responsibility. We're like, oh, 
that can just find that, then all is well. And again, if you're wired that way, that's going to work really nicely for you. But if you're not wired that way, you're going to fight it and fail. And so this is this is for the, I guess, the rebels in the room. So let's talk about this. You need to understand your brain. So, so I first want us to start with understanding the differences. There's a test called the Colby, K-O-L-B-E index. And the Colby has one of the types on the Colby index is a quick start. Now, if you're a quick start in the Colby index, that means just what it says. You jump in. So the, the, the joy of being a quick start is you don't need a lot of data. You don't need a lot of like, well, let me go back. Let me research. Let me get, I got to make sure a quick start is like, oh, I have an idea. Okay, cool. I'll just step, take my first steps. I'm that type. And I think that's great as a coach because I can kind of um, shepherd the little <laughs> the little puppies of mine that are getting lost, like going, well, hold on, hold on, because the other colleague type is the fact finder. And the fact finders, you know, if I am a quick start and I need like a couple chunks of data to get going, a fact finder doesn't feel complete, doesn't feel ready, doesn't feel safe. Some people would mistake this and say, oh, I'm a perfectionist. Now, that could get in there as well. But there really is a, a way that your brain is like, the, the Colby is about how you use your, what they call cognitive power, like your willpower, your energy. And so if you are a fact finder, that's what you do. I remember one time asking one of my assistants, I said, I'm, I'm doing an ebook." Could you get me a few quotes on dreams or dreaming? I'm thinking a few quotes, like, what, five? She gave me, like, nine pages of quotes. <laughs> and for me, being a, being a quick start, reading nine pages of quotes is, is equivalent to just, like, like, just my brain just falling off, right? That's too much data. And so there's a difference, right? So if you're a, if you're a quick start person, you're like, okay, I, don't need, I just need enough to go. If you're a fact finder, you're like, slow down. I don't have enough to go. I don't have enough to feel that I have this embodied so I can jump out. So where does focus come in? See, sometimes quick starts just jump, but then it's like, eesh, yikes. I didn't get that. I forgot that. I missed that piece. So this is where if you're a quick start kind of a person, it's awesome to have a team. It's awesome. You know, I have my business manager, Renee. Renee, like, oh, you forgot to add that or did you think about that? So if you're a quick start person, it's really lovely to have that support. If you're a fact finder person, you want somebody like me or you want another quick start to say, okay, let's move this forward. We got enough for now. Let's go. Now for the focus, I think the fact finder person, you can hear, you can hear the direction, right? The fact finder's person is going to be doing research. The fact finder is looking at the past. This also ties into the Myers-Briggs. If you're an S, if you're a fact person in Myers-Briggs, you need to go back in time, see what happens. So your focus might be a lot of data gathering or analysis or looking at the variables. Whereas the Colby kind of also ties into the Myers-Briggs with the intuitive I'm just trusting, I'm just going to jump out, and it'll, you know, the, the way will be shown. So sometimes quick starts are kind of like squirrels. Their focus is, you know, like that. And um, let's, let's talk about some strategies. 
for the squirrely type. And that's that's said with all love because I am one, right? You got to figure out when your best time of day is. I remember when I again referencing Sean's example in the beginning, I thought, okay, I will I'll do what she says. I will I will write my newsletter Friday mornings at 10 a.m. So my um, container or my accountability for myself was a very narrow, put it on the calendar, okay. But th- but that felt like there was every part of me that was rebelling again. <laughs> really, I'm like, don't tell me what to do. I'm not going to do that. What? You know what I mean, it's like because when you're a super creative person, my inspiration might not have happened Friday at ten. My it might it might it might maybe it was Saturday at eleven p.m. Right. And so for that, if you were that kind of a person. I still need you to have a container, but it doesn't need to be such a small container. Meaning, instead of saying, my newsletter has to happen and and I will sit down Friday from 10 to 11 o'clock and then it'll be done. What I would say is, by the end of the week, my newsletter is done. See what I mean? So there's still a container, but there's fluidity and flexibility in there. So maybe I want to write 15 minutes on Monday and 20 minutes on Thursday and edit it on Friday there's more um, of an organic, like, oh, okay, yeah, and then it gets done by Friday or by the end of the week, whatever the container is. So you have to know that about yourself because most of us try to put ourselves in structures that really go against us. And, and seriously, I think it's so sexy to have that, like, Franklin Covery every 15-minute thing. But, ah, like, there's a part of my brain that's like, God, that's just, just man, and the other part says, Oh, it's horrible. So you also want to watch if you have judgments about who you be, right? We all, those of us who are kind of more flowy or creative, we often feel like flaky and scattered and just not quite as, you know, polished and shiny as those who do the plan your work and work your plan. So the first is, remember, when you're a quick starter or that kind of creative type, find your flow. Number one. Number two, don't judge yourself. Number three, find a reward. If you're not focusing, so I'll say sometimes we have to say, why are you not focusing? What's the deal? And here's my story about clarity. If you've been listening to my podcast, you might have heard me say this because it's one of my main teaching points. Sometimes not focusing, meaning not having clarity or not getting something done, is because it shouldn't be done. So sometimes, you know, it's like we're pushing something and we're like, no, I have to get this out. And sometimes that part of us that is a little bit more wise will say, really? I don't think you should. But we override that and we say, no, 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 I have to get that done. I have to get that done. It's And so if you were to tune in, if you've listened to me, you probably have heard me talk about muscle testing. You could muscle test and say, it's optimal that I do this now, or this is the optimal thing to work on now. Or you can muscle test and say, there's something blocking me from being able to complete this. Right. So this is that inner game, hidden energy piece that you're like, hmm, what's the deal with that? Because sometimes when there's not clarity, it's like the baby isn't born yet. right? So if if a woman is seven months pregnant, nobody's going, what's wrong with you that you've not birthed that thing? Because you say, well, God, it's got to cook for two more months. It's not done. It's not ready to come out yet. And so 
sometimes if you're not clear, if you're not focusing, if you can't get stuff done because you're not supposed to. It's as if there's something in gestation. And you got that's where faith comes in, that's where you gotta trust and you gotta say, All right, ah, I just I'll just Okay, I guess I'm not gonna write that ebook right now, or I'm not gonna do that teleclass because it's not clear. That's the purposeful not focusing. That's listening to your energy and being guided. The other not focusing is if you tune in and we hear the little gremlins. We hear the nobody's gonna read this. You're not able to do. Who do you think you are? You know, you're not. You're not. You're not as far as as so and so. So people are going to think you're a big fat fraud. So then, when we hear that in the background, even even subliminal. That's a hard word to say. Subliminally, if you hear that subliminally, there is a tendency to lose focus. So if you are losing focus, that's what I'm going to ask you is. Don't just go. Oh no, I lost focus. Say okay. There's the experience of losing focus. Is it this? Is it this? Is it the purposeful, it's not the right time? Or is it sabotage? Or is it a gremlin? Or is it my shame kicking up? Or like the comparison in me? Or is it me just, as you know, I'm saying this word lately, collapsing into patterns of not completing my work or not getting everything that I want? So it's not just so simple as you didn't focus. you got to take that little ball of yarn and pull it apart, deconstruct the why of the not focusing. That's pretty juicy, right? Okay, now what if you are the other kind, not the quick-starting squirrely type? Maybe you are the, your brain just needs a lot of research. Here's the thing. At what point is it complete? Because I have had clients like this, and I joke because this is not me at all, and I have so much respect for people that can do this. But I tell them, like, at some point, we got to stop feeding the beast because <laughs> this is this is the okay. I got to research this. Oh, then there's another article, and then another article, and then another article, and then another thread goes to another thread, and seven hours later, you are still in research mode. Now you're focusing. You're really focusing, or are you distracting? And see, here's the differentiation. How do you know if, no, I really I really do need more facts. I just have to have more facts. So what's your container? What's your quotient? So imagine that there is a cup in front of you, right? And, and so you have this cup, and it's a, you say, okay, if, if I've got three ounces in it, then I feel satiated. Then I feel like, cool, I'm not going to go thirsty. But if it's... Below three ounces, then I'm getting kind of panicky because I feel like oh, I'm not going to have enough. If that's your fact container or your data container or your sense of, but I need more time with it, I need to research, I have to really understand it, i gotta, I got to sit with it more, at some point there has to be, a, there has to be we're done, you don't get any more right now. Now, it doesn't mean you never get to go back. But if you don't give yourself, I, I say, like, be okay with 70% good enough. Be okay with, you know, I researched this, 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 this. I got this, 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 and I just got to put it out in the world. Now, there's always revisions. There's always version 2.0. There's always edits. That's totally fine. But you will really be at risk 
if there's some shame that kicks in, shame shows up like it's not good enough, keep going, oh, no, look what she did, hers is better, oh, no, somebody's saying the same thing I'm saying, i got to start all over, oh, no, it's got to be an original idea, nobody should be. Nobody should have said any of this before, I have to make something brand new, right? That's where your brain just gets hijacked. So what I'm showing you is here's the part that is really functional and based on your wiring, and here's where it gets hijacked with your inner game or the emotional pieces. So what I want you to do is 70%. (laughs) 70%. It's got to be good enough at 70%. Now, here's a trick. You can talk to the part. There's... Here's what I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine you're sitting there, if you're like this, and Therese, Therese is in your ear, right? Therese is going, shh, it's good enough. One of my first marketing coaches used to say, done is good. Like, that's it. You're done. Good. It's good. Stop. Set it out in the world. Okay, so you have Therese on, your, on one side saying, it's good enough. Okay, get it out there. And then on the other side, there's this little part that's going, oh, but it's not. I need to do more. It's not. So we want to have a dialogue with that other part. We would have a dialogue with a part of you that is, is, it's almost like you're so focused on making it perfect that you're not focusing on the objective. You're so focused on getting more and more and more and more data or facts or just being in the perfection of it that you lose focus of, gosh, making money, marketing, being out there, right? So I want you to talk to that part. What are you afraid of? What do you think is going to happen? Because if you don't talk to that part, it's as if it's um, pumping toxic something into the air and you're just not addressing it. So just lean in. Like, okay, there's a part of me. Wow, there's a part of me that is just, uh, it doesn't think it's good enough and it keeps driving me. So talk to it. See if you can get some traction. See if you can say, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put it out and you can come back in a month and edit it. Or we're going to send it to our coach and she's going to give us feedback and then we're going to, it's going to be, that's it, right? So you just want to talk to that part. Another thing with focus is there's two pieces. Some people are re- motivated by the reward. And so if you're sitting down, so, so you know it's not the, it's not just ready to be cooked yet. And you know you've handled the, you know, the little voices, the, the shame, the it's not perfect enough. But you just can't get stuff done. There's like, ah, I don't know what it is. I'm just being a, I'm being a slacker today. What is the deal? There's two things that are motivating. One is moving towards something pleasurable. The other is moving away from something that would not be so pleasurable. Now, I, I'm a big pleasure girl. I give myself massages. I, I just do like really good stuff for myself. So this one isn't so as powerful for me. But for you, what would the reward be? So maybe it's you want to take yourself to a nice dinner. Maybe you want to buy yourself a shirt. Maybe you want to book a trip. Or do something that would be like, oh, gosh. Okay, so see me, little rewards. And you want to make it close enough. So you don't want it to be like, in a year, when I get that newsletter done, then I'll, no, 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 because you're gonna, it's too far away. It needs to be an immediate or pretty immediate, like within 30-day reward. And so set that up for yourself. When this, this, this is done, then I will do that. Or you could have a daily reward. I used to, for a while, when uh, the dog whisperer was on at 3 in the afternoon, like, I just love Cesar Milan. I love his energy, and I love how he works with people. And so I would say, okay, if I get all this work done, then at 3 o'clock, that's my reward. I'm just going to stop, and I'm going to watch the dog whisper. That was my business freedom. That is my reward. 
Or if I didn't get it done, I would do my work during the show. But I gave myself the break. I gave myself something as a reward because sometimes we handle ourselves so harshly. It's like we're like little taskmasters. And so sometimes it's okay not to focus. That's another reason. You might not be focusing because you're just tired because everything in you is going, ugh, could you just give me a freaking break? So that's another thing to ask. Question one is, is it not happening because there's something in gestation and I'm not ready to reverse this or reveal this? Number two, am I just kind of getting wonky and sabotaging? Or three, am I not focusing because my energy is just depleted and I need to replenish? That's another thought I just had is that that's very often the case. And so if you're not focusing, sometimes permission to not focus, permission granted, you know what, take the day off. Do whatever you do. Go in nature. Um, plant something. Whatever it is, give yourself permission to not focus. And then that will reset you. Then the creative energy will come back. Okay, then the final piece. If the reward doesn't do it, the not-so-good thing happening. The not-so-good thing happening is uh, also sometimes very motivating. So for you, and here's what a lot of people do. You pick a cause that would be uh, antithetical to your being. So if you're a very liberal person, you might want to say, okay, I'm going to send money to the NRA if you don't believe in them, or that the group, the Westboro Baptist Church, you know, the one that pickets, they're just really, they're horrible what they do, or um, it's a group or, or the candidate that you just find the most horrible, horrible human, you would never vote for them. And you say, all right, if I don't get this done, I'm going to put myself on an accountability. If I don't get this done, if I fail to get this done, I'm sending them money. You actually write the check. Really good accountability is if you give it to somebody and you say, okay, I'm going to give you this check. And by Friday, if I don't get this done, you mail it. Ah, I had to do that two presidential elections ago, and it was really painful. <laughs> because not only did I have to go through the president that that I didn't want. I had to go through their website to find the address to send the contribution. But then they kept saying, sending me, you know, Christmas cards and propaganda. So it was really bad. It was just like, God, it, it hurt. It hurt a lot to do that. So that's another way. So, and again, there's not a one way fits all. It's what's going to work for you. Now, final things. Sometimes, just bringing another person's energy in the mix is really helpful. That's why as a coach, I put people on accountability structures. It's like, okay, I want you to email every day what you did accomplish. Because sometimes we, you know, we focused, we accomplished nine things, but the one we didn't focus on, that just takes us down. So every day focus on what you did. You know, there's, people get the uh, to-do list and we cross off. You can make a got-done list. So instead of putting so much energy on what didn't happen, focus on what you did accomplish. That kind of strengthens that muscle. Another idea is to have a work buddy. I used to have um, one of my mastermind friends. We would say, okay, Fridays, let's, we're just going to have work days. And we would start, like we'd start at 9 in the morning. I'd say, okay, here's what I'm going to work on. Here's what I'm going to work on. And we'd hang up, do our respective things, call back in an hour or two and say, okay, here's what I got done. But here's, can you help me with this a little bit? Okay. So you have somebody else, even if they're working in it, they don't have to be in the same city. They don't have to be in the same office, but just the energy. Like in my coaching community, every quarter we do these get it done days. And it's so cool because we're all working together. Like we're all like, okay, what are you doing? Okay, good, go, get it done. 
and the energy of this knowing that like, wow, other people are working too, it kind of swoops you in to focus on your projects. So that's a great one. Get a buddy and get a get a done day, a work buddy. Like, okay, here's how we're going to do it. If you can just do that once a month for three hours, you would accomplish a boatload. Alrighty, so I hope you have enjoyed this. Feel free to message me. Let me know what you loved or what you learned and what you would like me to talk about. And so I'm sending you peace and blessings. Much love. Bye now. You've been listening to The Happy Business Show with Therese Skelly. Join us next time and invite your friends to join us at thehappybusinessshow.com. Visit thehappybusinessshow.com and get Therese's five-part video series, Eliminating Money Blocks. Thanks for tuning in. 